Is it is it as hot where you guys are as it is here in Belleville? Oh, it's yeah. 100 degrees today. Yeah. Yes. I feel yes. like I'm back in Georgia. <laughs> like it's so hot. Mike has probably got cool weather out in Oklahoma. We don't even care anymore. It's like 125. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? Nice. Nice. Oklahoma is pretty uh, warm. So I guess um, I guess we'll go ahead and get started and um, just to open up. Um, we are we are live, so we are running. The video's running. Finally got going, and I, I guess my video is not running, but that's okay. Um, just want to be a blessing. So we are glad to have with us today. This is Jacob Tapia uh, from MinistryMentorship.com, and we have Micah Wisdom with us, uh, pastor in Wagner, Oklahoma and uh, Angela Harwood, and she is a student pastor in Indiana. Where in Indiana are you at, Angela? Bloomington. Bloomington, okay. She is a pastor, uh, student pastor in Bloomington, Indiana, and recently uh, engaged. So congratulations, Angela. And, uh, Thank you. Be great. You guys have a date set? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's invited. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, uh, God. Um. Okay. Moving right along. Social invite. Social invite. <laughs> you should get married in the Bible study on the video Bible study. Yes. Yes. Oh. Who man. will officiate for me? Uh, take your pick. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will have all three of you involved. Great. <laughs> wow. What a, what a joy. <laughs> and then we are equally honored to have Ashley Leppo with us today. And uh, Ashley, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from Chicago. You and your husband are, are in ministry. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, my husband, Cameron, and I are at The Orchard in Wheaton, Illinois. We are about um, 30 miles directly west of the city of Chicago. And um, I've been here for a little over four years now. I work for the church, and I do everything from the administrative work to teach Bible studies to lead worship. And um, that's pretty much our life. It revolves around the church, and it's, it's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and, and uh, we we um, just want to encourage you, if you have not uh, downloaded one of the outlines for this lesson, you can go to ministrymentorship.com backslash Bible-study, and you can uh, download one of the handouts there. So uh, without further ado, um, we're going to just have a word of prayer, and then turn this over to Ashley. Let her speak and, and share what's on her heart today. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to come together and look into your word and talk about ministry and 
and uh, growing in the Lord. God, we just pray that you bless our time together. Be with us, strengthen us. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Ashley, we'll turn it over to you. Okay, I'm going to start my timer. 25 minutes, right? Take your time. Yeah. Okay. 25 to 50. Okay. Well, a little bit of a range. Um, it would thank you again for um, asking me to do this. It was um, it's, it's very much an honor, and I'm very thankful. Um, this Bible study, preparing for this, really reminded me all over again. Sometimes we need to be reminded of this often that God knows exactly where we are and exactly what's going on in our life. Because I was asked to do this months and months ago on a certain subject, and God knew months down the road exactly where I would be today. And um, I just, I always find that so encouraging that he knows exactly where we are. And so today I just really feel to um, share from my heart and just kind of what's going on in my life and hopefully to help somebody along that process. So um, I'm going to be just really open and transparent about a lot of stuff um, today and just hoping that it will minister to somebody. Um, back in March of this year, actually it was back in January, I started um, having some just physical complications in my body and just had been in a, I, I didn't really know what was going on and so I'd gone to the doctor and come to find out I had been diagnosed with a, um, a stomach ulcer. Well, I was just turned 29 years old. I'm like, what is going on? I'm not like a grandma. Like, how is this happening to me? And so through the course of, you know, talking with the doctor and finding out different stuff, I've uh, come to find out it was stress induced in my life. And it was kind of a wake up call that the Lord had given me of, you know, you, you got to figure, you got to kind of get life under control a little bit. And so going on a journey of that, miraculously, the Lord healed me and it was a a beautiful thing, but um, I was able to get away for a few days by myself um, in the month of March. And my pastor's wife had said to me before I left, I was like, "Hey, I want to go do this like sabbatical and you know get away from everything." But is this normal? Is it okay that I do this? And she said to me, she said, "Just because the rest of us don't do this doesn't mean it's something that shouldn't be done." Right. And throughout when I was there, I was. Uh, off in Indiana in some no man's land by myself with like no phone reception and I just kind of shut down for a few days and I've never done that before in my life and it was an amazing experience and during those few days the Lord really began to talk to me about anxiety and worry and he talked to me about he really showed me in scripture and gave me a lot of revelation about how much those impact our lives especially right now in 2014 but I realized when I came back to reality and to real life that I had all this knowledge about anxiety and worry, but nothing in my life really changed. I still felt the same pressure and still felt the same stress and didn't know how to deal with it. And so the Lord really began to deal with me that I had missed the big picture that God wanted. I think this is on our, our handout that God wants to give us daily rest instead of a constant rush. And I had viewed it as something where, hey, I can just get away for a few days once a year and have this these moments of rest with the Lord. And God has something so much deeper than that for us. And we just, we're always rushing around. We're always, everybody's busy. Like no one is not busy. You can't rank busyness on a scale, you know, of like, oh, I'm busier than you are. No, we're just, we're all busy. We all have a lot going on. And God calling us to ministry, that's never going to change. You're never not going to be busy. So we can either 
all die of heart attacks at 40 because you know we're like stressed out to the max or we can ask God to change the way that we live our everyday life and figure out what it means to rest in him instead of rush into everything that we do so personally for me I'm starting a revolution of what that means in my life to figure out how I don't have to rush through everything in my life but I can learn on a daily basis what it means to rest in Jesus Christ so that's what I want to share with you today so the first question that I ask myself is why am I so overwhelmed sometimes why is my schedule overwhelmed I mean I don't even have kids yet so like I can't even imagine what you know that would be like so I realized that I was reading in um, one of in a book that I was reading actually I just got this book the other day in the mail and it's fantastic I recommend it to everyone it's called the best yes I can't pronounce the lady's name so I'm just gonna like hold it really close to the camera it's like a, a T word that I don't know how to say but it's a great book that just came out and she really addresses that subject about um, overwhelming our lives and she said something that we overwhelm our schedules for two reasons am I afraid I have to ask myself the question am I afraid of missing out or am I afraid of not measuring up and when I read that sentence it's like somebody just slapped me across the face and I realized that most of my busyness comes from those two things that I am worried that I'm gonna miss out on something in life there's gonna be some opportunity that dropped in my lap that if I don't take this I'm gonna just regret it for the rest of my life mm -hmm. or I'm worried about I'm not measuring up that everyone around me is you know doing this or doing that or has this opportunity and if I say no to this and choose to open up my schedule a little bit are you gonna think that I'm not as great of a Christian are you gonna think that I'm not as great of a minister mm -hmm. and I know personally I really live with that fear and I know today I had an experience where um, very very rare you know like the once in every six months that you have the chance to take a nap in the afternoon and I took a nap and I turned my phone off and when I woke up I had like a million missed calls and text messages and you know all of these things and as I looked through them as of course when I woke up I was like oh I shouldn't have laid down I have all this stuff that I should have been taking care of and I, I had this just kind of moment with myself of realizing you know what nobody's world fell apart in the hour that I turned my phone off nobody died no one you know couldn't live their life because I shut down for an hour mm -hmm. but because I was able to shut down for an hour I can be a better minister I can be a better wife I can be a better Christian because it was okay to take an hour to just rest so I think in ministry something that I'm really learning is there is a danger in doing instead of being and we want to do 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 all the time all the time like I need to do this I need to do that it's important that I'm here that I'm a part of this event that I say yes to this and instead sometimes I think that we just we run ourselves completely thin we strip ourselves of all of our resources that we have and what we're left with is the shell of a person that we look in the mirror and ask ourselves who who am I what am I do I even have the energy to you know fix my hair this morning sometimes you know it can we can get to that point so in John I think this is on our oh yes we're there in John chapter 15 um, I think the scripture is on our um, handout 
Um, I can be successful. I'm learning and realizing that I can be successful and I can look great and I can be the part. But if there's not, if my character is not where God needs it to be, mm-hmm. then I haven't lived up to God's definition of success. And John 15 is one of my very favorite books um, of the Bible. I just, I could just read it all the time and you just get something new from it every day. So in John 15, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. And my success comes from abiding in Jesus Christ. And so I must ask myself his question of success instead of your question of success for my life of am I bearing fruit? That's that's where it all boils down to. Instead of what we talked about of, am I missing out on something? Am I measuring up to what you want me to do in life? My question is, am I bearing fruit for the kingdom of God? Because that's that's God's definition of success. So we we have a disease in our in our culture, I think, of that's really bled into the church of doing enough and of being successful. And I know I'm, this was not in my notes, and I'm totally going to get this wrong. Um, Brother um, Wayne Huntley preached a sermon recently, and I heard him talk about success and how, like, God doesn't use that word. That's an us word that we create of, like, am I doing enough? And we put ourselves into these, like, manic panic modes of have I done enough? And God's like, whoa, 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 step back. That, that's not what I ask of you. So in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 38, it says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Something that I am very much learning on a daily basis is my ministry is not my ministry. It's, I don't get to claim it as mine, but it's when I resign myself to Jesus Christ and let his ministry flow through me and out of me that that's when I impact people's lives. That That's when I am effective. And here, you know, the Lord is, Jesus here is talking about the Holy Ghost when he says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Of I want something to flow out of me. It's like we said, it's not just doing, it's being. He said, out of your belly. So it's what is inside of me that's going to flow out in my ministry. And so if I am empty and I have taken no time for me and the Lord and to find rest in Jesus Christ, I have nothing to to give to you. I have nothing to stand behind a pulpit and minister. I have nothing to sit across from a table and give to you in a Bible study. But just an empty plate of... You know, I'm empty and I don't know what to offer you right now. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 through 8, he was talking to the disciples and he said, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. I must receive before I can give. And I know a lot of this can kind of seem elementary and we probably could all teach every bit of this. Like, you know, I don't care if you've, you know, felt the call of ministry yesterday. There's a lot, you know, of just common sense that we understand. But I am learning 
on a daily basis that this is where I know for me personally this is where the struggle is this is where the rubber meets the road for me that God could open up so many doors for me to minister and to be effective for his kingdom but because of the schedule I've created for myself and because I am so rushed and I haven't learned to rest in the presence of the Lord that those moments are robbed for me and and I can't be effective for the kingdom of God so what does all of this have to do with rest like I said I absolutely cannot minister effectively unless I have allowed myself to be full of him and full of his spirit and so how do I do that by resting in and spending time with him when you look at the life of Jesus obviously if we want to compare our lives to anybody it would be the life of Jesus and instead of rushing and everything being pressure all the time Jesus's life was set to the rhythm of connection and compassion instead of always rushing it was all about connection and compassion I want to read you a portion from my devotion that I read the other day she said Jesus never rushed he set his life to the rhythm of connection and compassion with great intentionality Jesus stayed unrushed he knew pressure he knew stress people pulled at him everywhere he went crowds demanded sermons individuals begged for healing the disciples wanted leadership friends wanted time with him and religious rulers wanted answers there was an entire world to save in a limited time if we think we feel stress and pressure like he knew he had three years to like save the world like that was like totally take I have no reason to complain about being stressed out yet he didn't rush he talked with the woman at the well he reached out his hand making contact and healed the leper he felt the touch of the woman with the issue of blood and stopped just for her do you see it connection and compassion were central in everything that he did and when I think about my life and how rushed I am sometimes I realize that my life is not set to the rhythm of connecting with people and giving compassion to people but my life revolves around this and my calendar that's on this and who am I I think I'm making connections with people but in reality I'm not really impacting anyone and Jesus did something that was wonderful and what we're talking about Jesus knew the power of getting away and resting if Jesus needed to pray and get away by himself I don't know who I think I am that I don't have to do the same thing because I sure am nowhere near Jesus and I'm sure won't be till the rapture happens but so Jesus knew I think this is in our notes here he knew that in order to fulfill his call he had to stay connected to his source he knew the source of the of where his power came from and he knew that if I'm not connected with where with who sent me with my with my power source I can't do what I've been called to do I think about the scripture in um, numbers where the Israelites were singing to themselves and they said spring up a well and it was part of a song that they sang and I think sometimes that we might have to look look in the mirror and sing that to ourselves of 
there is a source inside of me. The Holy Spirit is living within me. And sometimes I have to sing that to myself to say, God, Ashley's reached the end of her rope. I, I can't do this anymore out of myself. I need something to spring up that you placed inside of me so that I can move forward and do the next thing that he's instructed me to do. And you know, anybody who would ask me, um, what is it that, not that I have any answers to this at all, but if someone were to ask me the question of what would, I want to be effective in ministry. Can you, what is, what is a step that I can take to do that? Amen. I have learned so, so much so over the past four years, if I've learned anything in my life, that if you want to be effective in ministry, if you want to learn how to be effective and how to effectively touch people's lives, find someone that you can connect with and sit across from a table with them with the Word of God and learn to minister to them. Ask the Lord to teach you to minister to that person and to help them become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let God teach you to meet someone's need, to, to let them, to watch them be connected with Jesus Christ. Outside of my family, and as of right now, just, you know, outside of my marriage, my Bible studies and the people that God has called me to disciple, they are my number one priority in life. The Lord has opened up a lot of doors where there are several women that I meet with every week and we either sit down and have coffee or they come into my home or, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's over, you know, Google chats. You know, sometimes it's how it has to be. But those women are the priority of my life. And this is what I have learned since kind of my journey since January is that when I am stressed out and when I don't learn how to rest and spend time in the presence of the Lord, those women suffer because I cannot effectively minister to them because I'm either exhausted or I'm just depleted of emotional energy and I have nothing to give them. And I'll catch myself sitting across from a table and just my soul and my spirit is crying out and I, I look at these women and the need that is in their eyes and I know that because I have failed to connect with my source, because I have failed to learn to rest in the presence of the Lord and to let Him fill me up, that I have nothing to give to them. Because I can never minister to somebody out of, out of me. Ashley's not enough. But if I can connect to Jesus Christ and He can flow through me in ministry, that's when you change people's lives. That's when people are impacted. So what happens then, sorry, I'm checking my clock really quick, making sure I'm not like over time. We're 18 minutes in. We're doing good. Okay. <laughs> um, so what happens when the rush becomes unavoidable? There are certain times, like we said at the beginning, if you're in ministry, life is going to be busy. Life is going to require a lot of you. You will have people pulling at you. You will have people that don't understand your calling. You will have people who are like, why don't you have time for this? Why can't you do this? Because they, they might not understand. You will have pressures if you're married or if you have kids. That's a whole nother thing that's pulling at you on a daily basis. So what happens when the rush is unavoidable? The Lord gave me um, 
a personal, I guess, illumination of this, to use a Bible school word instead of revelation, um, of this a few months ago when we were reading, we were doing a study on um, on this on the Holy Ghost and infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I know, obviously, we have to preface everything that we say nowadays. I absolutely believe that the Holy Ghost evidence of speaking in other tongues is essential for salvation. That is absolutely necessary. However, I think sometimes in our Pentecostal movement, because we are so focused on the essentialness of the Holy Ghost for salvation, that we are guilty of limiting the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. That we forget that it is not just a one-time this is the initial sign of me being saved. But the scripture is chock full of promises that the Spirit of God brings into our life. But because sometimes we can be narrow-minded and we forget that it's so much more than just this was the initial sign of my salvation. And one of my favorite scriptures in, as, as in Isaiah 28, and he's prophesying about the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and he says, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. And to think about that, I have the Spirit of God inside of my life. And it's more than just me being able to say, I have been filled with the Spirit of God. And it's more than me just being able to say, you know, this, this is the Spirit of God that can pray through me when I don't know the words to pray anymore. But to know that this promise also came to bring me rest. That this is what he said. I, I have given you my spirit so that you can find rest, so that you can find comfort. But the end of that verse really stands out to me sometimes. The very last phrase, and it says, yet they would not hear. And the Lord really pricked my heart when I read that this week. And I can see myself sometimes that 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 is me, that my ears are plugged and I refuse to hear and to understand that that's what the Spirit of God is in my life, that he came to bring me rest, that when I choose to maybe say no to something else in order to spend time in his presence, in order to really recharge myself, that that is where my rest comes from, is from just those moments where it's just me and Jesus and of learning where he wants to talk to me all the time, every day, all throughout my day, but I run around with my ears plugged because I'm so stressed and I'm so busy and I'm so overwhelmed that I can't take time to hear that. So um, sort of wrapping it up, I want to share another kind of personal deal of where I am. My sister, I sent her the, um, the link to this Bible study today, so I don't know if she might be listening. Hello, family. But um, she, when she got the text message or the, the email link, she texted me right away and she said, I'm not making fun, she said, but I am laughing super hard right now. She said, I think it's funny of what you're teaching on tonight. She said, are you preaching to the choir? and put like tons of question marks and a bunch of emoticons because um, last week I found myself again at a doctor's office and I had been really sick in my body and just really um, didn't know what was going on and just really battling a lot of sickness 
And I sat at the doctor's office after she ran a bajillion tests and blood work and all of this stuff. And the doctor looked me in the eyes and she said, you have a stress problem. She said, your, your problem is not, there's nothing wrong with, with your blood test. There's nothing wrong. I was low on vitamin D. So like, what? I need to go sit in the sun for a little while. But she said, you must learn how to manage your stress. And once again, I had that moment. I came home, and I'm just being really transparent. I sat at the table, and uh, Cameron was sitting there beside me. And I kind of just, it's like the weight and the reality of everything just sat on my shoulders of where I realized that if I don't learn to find my rest in Jesus Christ and learn to give him the rush of my life, I will not be effective in ministry. I will not be effective in anyone's life because I'll be sick or I'll be so concerned about what's going on or what's happening around me that I, I can't do what God called me to do because I'm living under stress and pressure. And my pastor's wife came up to me on Sunday and she prayed with me. And um, after service, she, she walked up to me and she, she said, Ashley, the Lord gave me a word for you. And I was like, I'll take it, whatever, because I had spent all weekend and all throughout last week of trying to make charts and make lists of projects. I have stuff in my journal right here of like current projects that I'm working on and I made like a list of them to try to figure out what can I X off of my list and what can I take away and what have I said yes to that I shouldn't say yes to and I'm trying to you know logically figure out how do you how do you manage stress and how do you you know how do I learn to deal with this and my pastor's wife just looked at me and she said Ashley just delight in the Lord. He is seeking you right now to stop asking for answers, to stop figuring out how do I do this, what do I say yes to, what do I turn down, what do I get rid of in my life, but just delight in the Lord. And it has been, it's been a tough week trying to figure that out and trying to learn the difference between, you know, me trying to figure out hey this is what I need to do and no this is gonna bring me stress and no this won't bring me stress I'm just learning to just let it go and take my hands off and say God I have to learn to just rest in you right now I can't live in the rush I can't live in what is normal in our society right now because when I live like that I can't I can't be like Jesus and I can't connect with people and I can't really give you compassion because I'm so enraptured in what's going on in my life and what I'm struggling with. So I, I put at the bottom of, um, of the handout a quote from a book that I don't know some of you might like this kind of reading some of you might not this is a book I have not read the whole thing so if something's like Trinitarian or whatever like don't I'm sorry so there is this book and it's called Abide in Me and it's by Andrew Murray and it's from like way back in the day I love it because I feel like it's it's like a Jane Austen novel but it's like a devotion at the same time so it's like wonderful and fantastic but um he writes just so poetic and I love that so I want to read this um, this at the end that the Lord really used to minister to my life over the past few weeks it says Jesus says come to me to stay with me and yet this was in very deed 
his object and purpose when first he called you to himself. It was not to refresh you for a few short hours after your conversion with the joy of his love and deliverance, and then to send you forth to wonder in sadness and sin. He has destined you to something better than a short-lived blessedness, to be enjoyed only in times of special earnestness and prayer, and then to pass away as you had to return to those duties in which far the greater part of life has to be spent. Know indeed he has prepared for you an abiding dwelling with himself, where your whole life and every moment of it might be spent, where the work of your daily life might be done, and where all the while you might be enjoying unbroken communion with himself. It is even this he meant when that first word came, come to me, and he added this, abide in me. And I, I just love how he talks about and just sends the reminder that God doesn't just want us to find rest in that one moment of, oh, that was awesome, I got to take a nap today, or of that 30 minutes that we squeeze in of prayer in the morning. That's not the rest that he has promised us, but it is in every day as I go about my work, as I go about my schedule, as I go about life of learning that I can find rest in Jesus Christ in everything that I do. In the most stressful moment of my life, I can say, I don't have to be stressed out about this, but I can find rest in Jesus Christ. So that's what I have for you today. I think maybe do we have questions or something coming up? Who's ever, whoever is next. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Tremendous job. Uh, a great reminder uh, about wrestling. Lord, I really appreciate this. Um, for those of you that, that are joining us, uh, this is our ministry mentorship live Bible study. And uh, we have Ashley left up today doing just a great job. Turn this over to Mike at this time, and uh, he's got some, a couple questions. We're going to do some discussion at this point. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate Ashley for uh, opening And uh, I think one thing that brings up this Bible study is you admitting that you haven't conquered the still a you. And so one thing about just practice uh, in your daily to interact with God technology. It's amazing. We are honored all the time. We are listening. We uh, iPad talk. It seems like there's constant noise in our life. Practical. Sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing. <laughs> I'm sorry, every other word was breaking up. Was it just me? I, I'm no. Really, really bad. bad. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Um, I will momentarily return. I'm going to get some headphones so I can hear. Just one second. <laughs> can, Jacob, can you hear me? I, I, I cannot uh, hear what you're saying. Very well. Very well. Yeah, I, everything you say like four times. 
Okay. Well, let's, let's wait, wait for, for. I guess I, I could mute. Hold on. I don't want to get into that. Does this help? Micah? Yeah. There, I think that not, fixed something fixed. Not it. echoing anymore. Oh, did I fix? I'm sorry. Was it echoing the whole time? I'm sorry. No. Not no. when you were teaching. Okay, sorry. All right, so I'll ask a question. Okay, so <laughs> we have, um, you know, technology is great, does some wonderful things, but one thing it has done, a negative thing that it's done, is it's really created this, this constant noise in our lives through emails and uh, social media. Uh, you get in your car and you turn on the radio. You, you know, everywhere you go. I, I was uh, just at the gas station the day pumping gas, and they're like, they have a little TV with the news. I mean, it's like there's nowhere that you can go. And so, what are some practical things that you do, just like everyday things, to help you um, find this rest and this quiet time in the Lord? Are you, and we're asking me. Yeah, we're sorry. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I know for me personally a big thing, and I know some people are like big music people. I'm actually, I never listen to music unless I like have to learn a song for something. But I, my, the car is my quiet time. And when I get in the car, I usually put my phone on silent unless I, you know, sometimes it's a time to catch up if you have like a two-hour road trip. You know, you can talk on the phone with somebody. But um, if I'm just running around town, I usually turn my radio off and will put my phone on silent. And that's kind of... That's definitely a time of rest for me, and I know something that's huge for me. And I, it's if I have to lose sleep, I must have this. I have to have my mornings with the Lord. If I don't start my day off with me and Jesus, nobody wants to be around me, and I, and I will be so ineffective for the Lord. So I know that's that's huge for me. Is and then like little stuff like having having a good devotion or something to read in the car. So like say I have 30 extra minutes somewhere that I didn't know between one event to the next to like have something to read that really encourages my spirit or, you know, just always having something like that available. I know that's, that's what's been really important for me. Angela, what do you, what are some practical things you do? I like going for like a walk. Or something, just me. I have some trails behind my house, and so I like going into the woods and just walking for like a half hour and just listening to silence and my thoughts and just regaining control of my life again. Because, as you said, there's a lot of noise that happens, and it's just nice just to be in creation the way that God created it. And as Ashley said, I really enjoy my morning devotions. That was the first thing I did this morning. I just I turned off my phone. I didn't go on my computer. I just read my Bible and drank my coffee and prayed. And it, it just was really refreshing to me because there's just so much going on in life. And, and if we don't focus on him, then I go crazy, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so. <laughs> How about you, Jacob? What are some things to kind of keep? Uh, you grounded and and find rest just in a practical way every day. You know, um, I've been I've been going up to the church a little bit more lately, um, and I'm full time and, and I do a lot of work from home. But lately, I've been uh, just going into the sanctuary. And I, I one thing that when I was in Alexandria, Louisiana, doing an internship there, 
we'd come to the church during the day, and Brother G.A. Mangan was there, and he'd just be walking the sanctuary, just back and forth, back and forth. And I thought, oh, try this. So I've been walking and, and just praying, and uh, it may not sound restful, but um, mm -hmm. it's mentally, I guess, helps me disengage. I'm moving. I'm just praying, and my mind's totally focused on the Lord. And that's something that's really been helping and, and uh, helping me get focused. So um, that's really another thing that, that I like to do is is I have um, I have these Bibles. I have one that's like torn to shreds. You know, it's it's the Bible you've had for ten years. You know, whatever. But I had it when I was in Bible school, and I wrote a lot of notes. And so you know. Every, Every now and then I'll get that out, and I'll I'll use it. Not that it's any different than a, you know any Bible you get in a hotel somewhere, but it just it just kind of I don't know gives you that special you know connection there with with past memories when when I was evangelizing and and I had some great times with the Lord. So anyway, those are just a couple things that that kind of helped me connect. And and I think Jacob brings up a good point when we're talking about this rest. And what Ashley talked about, Angela and Jacob, it doesn't necessarily mean just kick back in the lazy boy and take a 30-minute nap. You know, it, it's rest in the Lord. And I'm like you guys. There's times where just in the middle of the day, I'll just open the Bible and read maybe just five or six verses. But it's just like just a breath of fresh air. It just kind of gives me a boost. Um, now, if we move and start talking uh, about ministry, I was thinking uh, while Ashley was speaking that there are things that happen in these quiet, alone times where God may be preparing us for in, in, in the eyes of others. And I thought about David, where he killed the lion and he killed the bear, and you know the only witness he had was a bunch of sheep. There, I mean, it was just, he was out there by himself out in the desert. But that was preparing him and teaching him that one day you're going to fight a giant in front of you know, uh, thousands and thousands of other soldiers. So let's talk a little bit about how the private time with the Lord and this time of rest prepares us for uh, a public ministry. So, um, Angela, we'll start with you. Well, Ashley kind of noted on it in her, her lesson, like if she doesn't have that rest, she is not able to minister effectively to the women that she teaches Bible study to and it's just like that like if I haven't had that personal time with God and I'm supposed to minister to somebody else like it's just gonna be like a blank stare because people know if you're prepared or not they they know if they if you've touched the throne of God or if what you are saying is close to your heart like when when I've heard from God and then I share it with somebody else people feel that burden or that that lesson that I learned or that word that God spoke directly to my heart because I experienced it and I can share that with someone. So it's it's important to have that time with God and, and just to, to hear from Him and not always talk, but sometimes I've, I went to the church last week because I was just so overwhelmed with my life and I just sat there. I didn't have coffee. I didn't I didn't have anything. I just sat there and I listened and I didn't hear anything for a long time, but God just spoke to me. And sometimes it's great to pray in your car. It's great to pray um, when you're in a group of people, but it's just really special when it's just you and God and you are completely away from the world. You're not driving. You're not 
you know, like some people like praying in the shower. You're not doing anything other than focusing on God, and you're just in that personal prayer closet, and it's just you and him and nobody else. And so I think that's really important. Absolutely. Jacob, what are some what are some times that you felt like a, the private and times with the Lord, the rest with the Lord prepared you for uh, ministry? Well, I, I think one aspect of uh, ministry, especially like, like preaching and teaching, I know for me, when I get that, when I'm praying about a message or thinking about a message, and then I, I start getting into it, the study part of it, and I'm, I'm, it's like I'm pushing, and I'm, I've got my illustrations, and I've got all this stuff, and all of a sudden I've got this message, and then a lot of times before I'll preach or I'll be going on the Bible study or I'm getting ready to do something, and I'll, I'll have to just step back and be like, you know, whoa, I'm just, I'm way too into this, and really my good. mind is just. I'm going over my points. I've got all these things, A, B, C, D, and all this stuff, and I just have to put it away and just say, you know, I've really, I've just got to reconnect and and let my mind settle back down and surrender to the Lord, I guess, is really. And so before I preach, uh, I usually try to put my notes away, put everything down, and just, um, you know, take some time and pray and, and really seek God and and just say, you know, Lord, I can't preach, I can't teach, I, you know, I can't do this without your presence, without your spirit. And so um, it's one thing that kind of, that I've always tried to do when I preach. Uh, and, and for me, you know, the thing is, after you've, been, after you've been preaching or teaching a while, and I've heard guys say this that have preached, you know, for 20, 30 years, they, they'll say, you know, you can preach if you don't pray. But I think the point that we're trying to make here is, and Ashley said this again, is that you're not going to be effective. You can you can pray, and, and maybe some things will happen, and maybe you know, and you can get away with it for a while. But there's going to come a point where where it's going to fall apart. And so, you know, I think it is vital, and and it's something that um, I try to take some time to reconnect before every before every time I preach or minister, especially in the pulpit. You know, the, uh, the U.S. Army did a, a sleep study. Of course, they're really interested in uh, how rest and sleep or lack of affects mm -hmm. our soldiers. And, of course, they determined that the lack of rest, the lack of sleep, really uh, their, their uh, ability quickly uh, deteriorates. And one thing in the study that I, I actually just read this a few weeks ago that I thought was really, really important, important. It said um, there was an increase in incidence of friendly fire when there was a lack of rest among the soldiers. And I thought that really, when, when Ashley was speaking, I thought, man, how many church problems, how many friendly fire incidents in the house of God yes. are simply because of a lack of rest. Yeah. And I think that that physical uh, principle can be carried over to a spiritual principle. So, Ashley, you spoke uh, about Jesus being our example, and I mean, he is Lazarus is on his deathbed, <laughs> taking his last breath, and Jesus is in no hurry to get there. Uh, in fact, takes his time on purpose. So, um, tell us a little bit about how you're uh, trying to follow Jesus and and use him as your perfect example in, in this area of rest. 
Um, I think you know the the biggest deal to me was I know for me personally I'm a I'm a people person you know I love to be around people and you know just I could hang around people all day long but well not all day I need a little me time but um, <laughs> but at the same time it's I I've noticed the thing that I've really been drawn to lately about the life of Jesus was how he kind of would he had the crowd and he would pull away to his disciples and he would pull away to a few. And he would pull away just to himself. He kind of had these like, you know, different groups that he would he knew how how to kind of like the to funnel his ministry, you know. And um, just the more I'm understanding about Jesus having that time of prayer and about Jesus, Eli Hernandez preached a sermon about you know Jesus on the cross and um, how he talked about you know that before he ever got to the cross, obviously he had, he crucified himself. And um, when I just, every time I, I hear those sermons or I read that and I think about Jesus in that alone time, it just, it's like it, it shakes me to realize I, I must have that too. And it's like what we were just talking about, kind of the, to piggyback with the last question that you asked, my, I have to have that private time. It keeps me accountable because it's like Jacob said that, I could preach or I could lead worship or I could do certain things for a certain amount of time and maybe even you know people are hungry enough where where it could be somewhat effective you know they might not even even realize I wasn't connected to God because they were hungry for God but is what happens is I literally create myself an opportunity of of becoming prideful and puffed up and thinking that this is all me and I was able to do this when I think looking at what Jesus did and reminding that he had to be connected to his source and he had to find that time of rest it just it keeps me accountable it reminds me that I am only a vessel like there is nothing I can do without without finding that time with Jesus because it's just me basically your rest time is me emptying out Ashley and saying okay God you flow through me today that's what your times of rest, I think, ultimately are. Absolutely. And one thing is our culture, it really pushes and promotes that. And, um, and Angela, I'll ask you this. I find myself, I'm in a hurry, even <laughs> not late. Like, yes, I like am too, all the time. Ten minutes to spare, there's a traffic light, and I'm, I'm like losing my mind for no reason. <laughs> um and I'm speeding, and I don't even like—I don't even have to be anywhere. But I'm just in a hurry. Yeah. So, how do you—you you know, there's a lot going on in your life. How do you—how do you regulate that? Well, I have to get better because I'm the same <laughs> way. Like, if I cook a meal, like I feel like I have to eat it right away because I have to go do something, or I'm like already half hour early for work, but I'm still like speeding so much that I could lose my license and so I just don't know why I feel like that and I need to get way better but it's important to like I just had this epiphany the other day because I've just been involved in a few things I was with the community and now we have Deborah Project and now I'm engaged and just all of these things <laughs> that are happening that I'm trying to plan for accordingly and I'm very meticulous and I freak out when things aren't perfect and Anyway, so I was like almost complaining to God like all of these things and God just was like these are the things that you have prayed for. These are open doors. These are answers to your prayers. And it was just like God 
repositioning my mindset to to seeing all of these things that he has involved me in as blessings. And I just remember like just falling before him and just like, thank God I'm so sorry for thinking of these things as as a burden when really in reality they are a blessing and it's just so important to and the 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 problem was not in those events or or anything in my own life the problem was with me not prioritizing god as my number one and having that that word from him and that fire because sometimes we can have we can have a sermon and we can preach the word, but we don't have a message where we truly minister to someone and we we just open our hearts and we truly minister what we've been through and, and things that God has dealt with us personally. And so I just think it's important just to, to have that time. And, and if I can just share a scripture, um, Ashley, she spoke on how John chapter 15, like ministers to her and, in verse 2 it says every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it might bring more fruit and like if we are bearing fruit God is going to cut some things off of our branches and when he cuts things out of our life like we get so confused because it hurts and it leaves like this gaping wound and we don't understand but in all of that purpose with God trying to prioritize certain things like this is important and this isn't like it leaves this void but only for a certain time because it says that he wants us to bear more fruit and so it's just important just to keep that in mind that God is not the enemy he's just trying to help us out and us to be more accomplished for his kingdom and to reach the souls so in Jesus name that's awesome amen that's really Jacob, long all right, that was perfect. Jacob, do you have the, the final word on this? Well, you know, while while, while you guys have been talking about this and, and during the, the session too, Ashley said something. She said, uh, talking about God doesn't use success. He, he doesn't use the word success, but then she talked about how we have, we have self-imposed like ideas about what success is. And, and when, when I think about the story of Jesus with Lazarus, is that that the other people were putting their expectations on Jesus? Well, here you know you have to do this. You have to be here at a certain time. Yeah. You have to make this happen. If you had been here, he would not have died. You know, and they had all these expectations for him, and they were pretty flustered. Yeah. But he, you know, like you mentioned, Micah, he wasn't real flustered. He he didn't really because it wasn't it wasn't self-imposed. He didn't allow people's uh, expectations and and what I find for me is that that I I have my own expectations for myself so so you know people may be thinking oh, what's the big deal and I'm like I shouldn't have done that or I should have done this or I should have should have should have could have would have you know all these things and and so I think um, I think that's an important factor trying to you know, especially in ministry, when when it's very success, you know, you're the preacher. You're supposed to do something. You're supposed to make something happen. And well, if you didn't, you don't do anything. Well, maybe maybe you're not going to be a great evangelist, or maybe you're not going to be a great pastor, whatever. So we kind of look at results. But, but I think for me, a lot of times it's been um, 
understanding that that God is in control, He's still working. That maybe my time frame is not His time frame, but uh, you know, try not to beat myself up. So anyway, just some some things I was thinking about as we uh, were talking. So back to you, Micah, or or are we ready to go? Yep, that's all I have. I only thing I wanted to say one more thing. Uh, Pascal, the uh, great philosopher and scientist, said this: most of man's troubles come from his inability to be still. I thought that was pretty fitting. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, at this time, we're going to turn it over to uh, Angela and ask her to close in prayer and, and uh, pray over us tonight. Lord, thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you would just help us to empty ourselves of all of ourselves. Lord, that you would teach us what your expectation for our lives is. And I pray that we would just abide in you. Lord, show us those things that we are prioritizing far above you, O oh God. Those things that steal our joy, our time, or those things that add stress. Lord, that you do not want us to have anxiety. You do not want us to toss and turn in the middle of the night with worry and and heartache, Lord Jesus, but what you want us to do is to have perfect peace when our head lays down, Lord, on that pillow. And God, I pray that your perfect peace would just enrapture us right now. And God, I pray that you would just show us how to rest in you. Lord, if we do not know how to do it right now, I pray that you would teach us in your word. Show us. Let it be revealed unto us. Open our understanding of your scriptures, Lord, that we would be able to understand it. Oh, Lord, and that we would seek out wisdom as we would um, anything that we may have lost, like a wallet, that we would seek out rest in your presence. Oh, God, just as we would, Lord Jesus, as as what we think is necessary in our own lives for success. Lord, I pray that you would just open doors and let us trust you to walk through them, oh God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for this amazing word that we heard tonight, Lord. Open our hearts, our minds, our understanding, that we would be able to understand it and live it day to day, oh God. Thank you for this word that you gave Ashley and help us to put it to good use in our own lives. In Jesus' name we ask and pray, amen. 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 Well, well, thank you all for joining us tonight. Ashley, thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this. It's been an honor to have you with us tonight. Thank you.